get ready for 18-game NFL season. 18 games is on the way in the very near future. They're prepping these dudes' bodies. They're trying to get them mentally like, hey, it's going to be a long season. And I think if he doesn't get the ball, mm -hmm. Jackson, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's a next play type dude. He, he doesn't be a dwell. Right, he doesn't dwell mm -hmm. on the play before. And the reason why he's always open, because he's not stuck on the last play. John Moran is making it crystal clear what's important to him. Man. Uh, we gotta we gotta talk about we gotta talk about John Morant. <laughs> I just bought me some jaws. They just came in the mail. I know you sent me a picture. Did you just got the jaw? They came in this morning. Yeah. So what you gonna do with them? Give them away. Okay. Not wear them one because they too big. Okay. And secondly, G. Mm -hmm. Again, guns. Mm -hmm. Instagram live. Mm -hmm. Hey, look at me. Yeah. You're messing what, up. What are we doing? You're messing up. John Moran is making it crystal clear what's important to him. It's hard as hell getting to the NBA. It's even harder staying in the NBA. And you want to flash guns? Mm -hmm. I'm from, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, mm -hmm. where the Memphis Grizzlies are. My hometown is Olive Branch, Mississippi. The crime rate, the gun rate is through the roof. It's through the roof, and you are supposed to be this example, this leader in the community, the, the Penny Hardaway of Memphis, Tennessee. But you want to wave guns, sending what message? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, let's, let's, let's dig into that. So I don't know John Morant. I've never met him. I've never been in the same space as him. I don't know his family. I don't know his friends. I don't know anything about John Morant. All I know is that he's a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Let's dig into why he keeps flashing guns. Is, what is he why. trying to accomplish? I with would love that? to understand why. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, so for an example, let's 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 talk numbers. I always say this all the time: don't fumble the bag. And John Morant is fumbling the bag. He missed out on all the all NBA teams. Money that equaled thirty nine million dollars. KJ, could you imagine? Look in your family in the face and say, family, I missed out on $39 million. Because of some Instagram live and some guns? <laughs> now, can I play devil's advocate? I don't want, no, please don't. <laughs> I, I want to, no, the re, I, I have to do this. First, I want to be clear. Stop blaming his daddy. Stop blaming his homies. Mm -hmm. Blame Ja. Mm -hmm. I want to be very clear about that. Mm -hmm. Now. The Memphis Grizzlies have already come out and they've suspended him, mm -hmm. okay? Here's where I'm going to play devil's advocate. For the same people that I see, the politicians that I see on a daily basis that advertise and are all about two-way and all about gun rights and all about don't come get my guns and guns this and guns that. We already have a gun problem in this country. We have 400 million guns in this country. And agree, agree. And so agree. you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? Mm -hmm. We already got it. We have a gun problem. Mm -hmm. So are you telling me that all of the two-way folks, are they going to come out and defend Ja because... Technically, he did not commit a crime with the gun. And mm -hmm. so I'm playing devil's advocate by saying he did not commit a crime. There's no crime. Now, do I think it's a good look for him? 
No. Do I think it's a good example? No. But somebody will come and say, it's not his job to be an example for the community and or the kids or people watching. It is his job. Come on. It is his job. And it is his right to own a gun, 100%. He can own the gun. Mm -hmm. But when you're on Instagram Live flashing a weapon, it's another kid, 18, 17-year-old, like, I want to be the next job. Okay. And with this image, with this brand, he got to the NBA, he's doing this. Hey, let me let me go walk around with a tote on me too. And no, nothing no, good. Yes. No, no, no. Let me, let me, yes, let me, nothing no, good's come no, from let me, that. Let me, let me fire this up, though. Nothing let me, good let, comes let me, from let me, that. Let me fire this up. What is the difference? What is the difference between John and Steve on Facebook and or Instagram taking pictures of their guns? What is the difference between Lois and Gretchen taking pictures of them shooting at the gun range and John Morant flashing his gun? What is the difference? I don't know who the hell John and Joe are. I don't know who Susie and Bill are. You're not a public figure. When you're a public figure, there you, comes responsibility. So you can't show guns when you're a public figure? I'm asking. If you're a public finger, figure, can you show guns? It depends on the setting. If you're out hunting, going to shooting your AR, your rifles, cool. If you're riding around, listen, let's take it, let's, let's take it there. If you're riding around in your car, riding, doing, I don't know if they was doing what, and you flashing a gun, we know I'm from, I'm, that's where I'm from. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. I cross that border into Memphis, I get a little shaky, I get shaky. Mm -hmm. We know what it is when you step into that type of environment. It's, 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 that, it's that type of war zone. Okay. If you out there shooting your deers and um, little BB guns, whatever. So it's okay. We, so it's okay to shoot deers, but it's not okay to show your guns. Back to Ja. You dead wrong, and you need to stop it because you are a public figure. The Memphis Grizzlies are investing millions and millions of dollars into you. There are tons of kids looking up to you. I get it. You want to be cool. I get it. You are young, but stop it. You grown. You're too old. Cut that mess out, G. With all that said, I'm going to concede and get this to KJ because you know what? You're right. I can do this all day. <laughs> I, can, I can talk about all sides of this guns discussion. I can talk about the hypocrisy. I think that your message to Ja is spot on. Now, I'm tired of talking about Ja because I'm super excited here. Pretty soon, we're going to be bringing on a dad Our of first, one of yes. the Seahawks uh, first-round draft pick yep. members. Mata Smith and Jigba is going to mm -hmm. be joining us here soon. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Smith and Jigba, I want to tell you what I saw at Rookie Minicamp. I was there yesterday, and it was a good time. Now, what y'all want me to say? The water was wet. The footballs were there. Yeah. And they were all in shoulders, and, and, and you know was, they were in, in they were in shorts and t-shirts. Was, was and the grass all. green? Grass the grass was green. Okay. Now, the reason why I'm saying that because I want to talk about something, another angle, and this is where we need your help. Mm -hmm. Once again, I was privileged to see the culture of the Seattle Seahawks. Watching how they treat the rookies. More importantly, watching how they treat the parents. Mm -hmm. Organized, mm -hmm. doing everything, right? Here, there, going here, going there. Help us understand 
how they continue to do. And by the way, what I'm talking about is probably boring to most people. This won't mm-hmm. show up in your newspapers. Nobody's going to be talking about this angle of rookie mm-hmm. minicamp. But I'm giving you and talking about an angle that is probably the reason why the Seattle Seahawks have been good for over a decade. Mm-hmm. When it comes to great organizations, it starts from the top down, right? And for a lot of these parents that's coming here, they, ba- they babies are going to the NFL. My baby leaving home. Mm-hmm. And for them to even fly these parents out on day dime, we're going to fly y'all out, show y'all the city, take you guys out to eat, show you your facility. Your young man is coming to this. That is rare. There's 32 NFL teams. Come on. I can count on this hand how many teams have done that. This culture is special. And when you come here, what they're going to do with these young rookies, also, they're going to surround them around the right veterans. Hey, with a spoon. I know a, I know a guy named Richard Sherman. He's, he's pretty good. Like, I'll connect you with him. Hey, big dog. Hey, KJ Wright. He, they're going to surround them around the proper people to make sure that they understand the culture, surround them around greatness, and it starts from the top down. They don't got to do that. Right. Fly, fly parents out? That, that comes with a budget. <laughs> All organizations got a budget. Sure. And they did. They took good care of them, and so it only makes sense to do that, and I love it. I can't wait to talk to uh, Mata Smith and Jigba about that. I want to get his experience on that. Um, but as far as rookie camp, there was a lot of rookies. I mean, when I mm-hmm. say it was a lot of rookies and or first-year guys, mm-hmm. guys trying out for the team, mm-hmm. uh, fam, there was like 50. Like, so you got the drafted guys. Drafted guys. You got the – the free agents that they bring in. Mm-hmm. Then you got the guys that just call and say, hey. Come try out. Come try out. You, I've never, I've never seen it like that. And no, it, no. It's 50. It, it, they don't usually have 50. Mm-hmm. They usually have a, but I think it created some stuff. And what I also, what I did see, and, and see, this is the important part. Like, you've said this before. Film has no, no sound. Nope. Let me say that again. Film has no sound. So even if you there for a tryout, come on. Or even if you're there as a free agent with a signed contract, the signed contract means nothing because there's a guy with a tryout. Remember, I said this. There's gonna be a few guys that oh, yeah. tried out. Mm-hmm. That's gonna get a contract. Mm-hmm. People hungry, and KJ. It's, and it's Eighty dudes, <laughs> and it gets it's gonna get cut down to fifty three plus practice squad. For a lot of these dudes, you. It's going to be hard to make that team, but you get on that practice squad? Yeah. You, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Making some decent money. Got yourself an opportunity to make an NFL team. Get on the roster. So, every, like I said, every play counts. Right. Even in, even in rookie minicamp, learning that playbook. They gave you the playbook the day before. Pick mm-hmm. it up. Learn it. When you get on that, when you get on that green grass, G, mm-hmm. it's go time. One last thing before we uh, move on to one of the most – overrated things that I cannot believe is a big deal. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I want one last thing I want to talk about with my observation of uh, rookie camp yesterday. And it's something that I watched, right? Uh, again, these are things that's not going to show up in anybody's newspapers. Nobody's going to be talking about this. Mm-hmm. But everybody's always talking about Pete Carroll and the culture that Pete Carroll and John Schneider has created. And everybody, when I say always compete, Right? Mm-hmm. People's like, oh, that's how the Seahawks do. It's always compete on the field. Rah, rah, rah. But the always yeah. compete, you see the trainers. Mm-hmm. 
you see the equipment staff. Mm-hmm. You see all of the the the, the Mo Kellys cooks, of the, the cooks. world, yep. cooks, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't understand. Those folks inside of the building, people that do cameras, mm-hmm. right? People that do video, people inside the building. The always compete isn't just for the players. Mm-hmm. It's, it's for it's, it's for it's, it's, everybody it's, it's across the board. And if you're not on your job, this is an A1 organization. If you come in half stepping and, and you know moody weeks out of time, hey, come come send me to my office. This is not what it looks like. And if, if, if people think the Seahawks are so kumbaya, and understand this, this is a business, a, a billion-dollar business, the best of the best. And if you're not on your A-game, you best believe I can find somebody that will be. Don't get it twisted. You get cut just like a player. <laughs> it ain't funny. <laughs> cut that piece <laughs> That's the truth. You can get cut like a player. <laughs> I know you want to cut that out. But how do you want me to say that? I never thought about it like that. How they get, do they get they get cut? That's what I'm saying. Well, so when people are saying always compete, people just think it's just the players. Gee, this is the one percent. You know how many people want to step into the Virginia Mason Athletic Center? Come on, talk to me. It ain't easy. People that go to college, people that network, people that do internships. I want to be a part of this franchise. And you got to have this. You got to have that. And when you get the job, you there's somebody coming up behind you saying, I want this. I don't make it 11 years. People are coming up behind me. I want that starting spot. People coming up to me. I want that number 50. People are coming to me. I want that, that contract. Mm-hmm. You got to be elite. I want to do video for the Seattle Seahawks. I want to wash cars for the Seattle Seahawks. Huh? Come on. I want to be a cook for the Seattle Seahawks. I am just trying to stress the importance of everyone inside of that building mm-hmm. and to express to everyone that's listening right now just how good they are mm-hmm. at their jobs. We always count touchdowns no. and yards and tackles. I'm telling you there is something else that happens over at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center Mm-hmm. that you don't see behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So again, my observations of rookie camp, the grass was green, the water was wet, mm-hmm. and the football players are fast and big. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Happy? Now, how about this schedule, G? Bruh, that old overrated, oh, here comes the schedule. Oh, here comes the leaks. <laughs> Good Lord. I was, I was glued in. I put... <laughs> I screenshot. I sent it to this person. She's like, when the schedule come? I sent it out. I get, I get excited about the schedule release. How did that happen? Is there any other sport where is there a baseball MLB schedule release? Is there an NBA schedule release? Good so Lord. when I looked at that schedule, G, mm-hmm. when the schedule come out as a player, there's yeah. two things you look at. What you look at? The first thing you look at is who we opening up with. Week one, who's our opening game? Rams. Cool. <laughs> and the second thing you look at is when is our bye week? Oh. Talk to me. What, what's they the got a week four. Double check. They got a week five bye week. No player wants a bye week that early. 
No team wants a bye week that early. Why? From just a football health sports science standpoint, you want to smack dab in the middle. That just make that just makes sense. Mm. Because what happens is week eight, week nine, week ten, you banged up. You bruised up, you banged up, deuce is hurting. Week five, you you cool. You for the most part, you good. You just finding your rhythm as a player, too. Mm. So you want it in the middle of the season. So you got it week five. You got a long, long stretch. Mental, physical, to make it happen. And on top of that, G, they got three games in 12 days. Three games in 12 days. Okay. Now, you know, we are entering into a space that I'm not sure you really want to talk about. Because we know the NFL is all about safety and stuff. So, help me understand how... Three games well, in 12 days is okay. For people that don't understand football, this is the most aggressive, most physical, most competitive sport on the planet. And when you get done, I, that's because I play 80 plays. Back hurt, body hurt, I'm dehydrated, need IVs, ankles sore. I need my rest. And I'm not feeling good till about Thursday. So what you're telling me is, I got to go from playing 80 plays on Sunday to go playing again on Thursday to playing again another Thursday? Sunday, Thursday, Thursday. Then you get your break. You need that break after that first Thursday game. You get four days off. You get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Mm. These dudes are about, when you talk about a competitive advantage or a competitive disadvantage, mm. That's what they up against. Early bye week, three games in twelve, three games in in, tw- in twelve days. Wow. What are we talking about, G? <laughs> who made this? Who 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 created this? <laughs> I mean, look, I think one of those games. I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but I think one of those uh, uh, games are. Uh, do they do they hit? The, is it Dallas on one of those? Thursday, Dallas. No, yeah. San and uh, San Fran. Mm-hmm. I'm. I don't care about. I don't care who we play. We, we we playing a high school, a college team. Still hurts. Playing that many games in that tight of a window is bizarre to me. Yeah. That's 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 bizarre to me. Yeah. And so, and what the sports science teams have to do, they try to prep guys for that. You don't just show up. These guys have to prepare for our guys about to go to battle in this tight window. We got to take care of them before this time comes. We for dang sure got to take care of them after this time comes. With all this being said about the NFL schedule, what message with the Sunday, Thursday, Thursday, what message is the NFL sending to all of us? The message the NFL is sending to us is, fellas, get ready for 18-game NFL season. 18 games is on the way in the very near future. They're prepping these dudes' bodies. They're trying to get them mentally like, hey, it's going to be a long season. 18 games is on the way. So that's what's about to come in the very near future. 18 games. How many they play in college? Oh, I'm glad you bring that point up. Because I'm they uh, 12-ish. Because that's a good point. You're talking about 
NFL, college kind of starts their, 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 their season-ish around the same time. And then one of the things that I've seen, talk about when you was a rookie, I see young guys, usually the NFL, I mean, the NCAA season, you kind of finishing up around early November. And then if you get yeah, into a, a, a bowl yeah. game, then you're in the Thanksgiving, early December. And then, of course, if you got the New Year's Six and all that. Everybody but most able, colleges, yeah. most teams is done in November. Tell me about the first time that a college guy, when you when you get into the pros, when you hit that wall in December. You hit it. It's only natural. I've been doing this since high school, been doing this since college. My body is on a clock. I'm used to being done with football at this time. Now I go from 12 games to 17. Only the, only the strong mental types can, can sustain that type of longevity when it comes to that season. And this thing is about to be 18 games. So what advice? There's, there, there's, some, there's some rookies right now, first-year guys right now that's watching this. What advice do you have for those young men that are going to hit that wall potentially in December? It may sound cliche, but take care of your mental from a yoga standpoint, from getting acupuncture standpoint, to just relaxing standpoint. Take care of your mind, first of all, because it's going to be long. Keep The game is up here, G. You know that. It's all up here. Your mind has got to be on point. And obviously, you got to take care of the physical part. Three, four days a week, you need to be doing something. Cold tub, Epsom salt. Massage, you got to do something to make sure that your body lasts. You don't want to come on the scene as a rookie and you and you in the training room like, oh, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm banged up. You don't want to start off like that. Injuries do come. Give yourself an opportunity to last an entire football season. I tore my labor in my first game. KJ, you want to be a rookie on the, on the bench? Get your ass out there. Get your ass out there. And so – it's going to be a long season, but take care of your mind, first of all. The game is majority mental and that physical part. Find a good vet to show you how they do their program. Man, we got a guess, bro. First one. First one. Sweet brother Dunce. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my things. Man, look, look at the camera going. You can go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. I'm Otto Smith and Jigba, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. All right, man. Your son, first round draft pick. Out of the Ohio State University, he's a Seattle Seahawks. Take take us to the draft. Oh. Take us to take take us to your nerves, your emotions. Your how are you feeling on draft day? Uh, draft day, I'm just I'm cool. You know, cool. it's like not that I expected to be here. Not it's not that. It's just like wow, the process of a young man coming up through Rockwall, putting in a lot of work, going from. You know, Rockwall High School matriculating to Ohio State University. Then now he's he's ready to become a pro. Yeah. It was just kind of like it was kind of kind of like in a dream. Like yeah. you know, I, I didn't have a an emotion. Was I happy for sure? Mm -hmm. But I was just more in awe. Like man, this is we're it, here. this is here. We're here. <laughs> you know. So it was really cool. Yeah. And then yeah. the organization that he gets drafted by. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and let you, you tell us. You tell us from start to finish. What it has been like getting to know the Seattle Seahawks? Okay, first of all, I didn't know much about the Seattle Seahawks. No disrespect. Okay, I'm a Cowboy fan. I know everything about the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't do fantasy football. I know everything about my Cowboys. So when you drop names on me, yeah, I know Bobby Wagner, and I know those guys. That's cool. I saw the the uh, the Super Bowl. Should have ran yeah. the damn ball. What were you doing? Uh, I don't know. Okay, hey, well, 
We cutting that. <laughs> we cutting that. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I just didn't know much about the Seattle Seahawks. I know that y'all, I love the uniform. Yeah. I didn't know much about, I didn't know much about any organization except for the Cowboys. And I, whatever. So when we're in the green room and, you know, a New England passes on them, okay? Mm-hmm. And the Jets, we really thought it was going to go to the Jets. And then, it, and then there's like two teams, like at 18 and 19. G texts me and like, this could happen. And I'm like, you know, you think? But because it's, they've never been on a radar. Jackson never went and met with Pete Carroll. Now, we met with them at Ohio State. We talked mm-hmm. to them. They were very cool. Mm-hmm. But he never had an official visit to um, the Seattle Seahawks. So, And I think he mumbled something to his mom like, I think they're going to take me. G texted me. Then the phone <laughs> rang. And I was like, holy smokes, right? <laughs> so, so while we're on the phone... Um, I think the Chargers were next. And I thought that the Chargers had traded up, so we thought it was going to L.A., right? Um, Because, you know, it's just kind of different from what y'all see on TV to what we see. You know what I'm saying? We we didn't know. But they were confirmed it was the Seahawks. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool. Like, am I excited? Yes, I'm excited because my son just got drafted. He got the call for sure. But like I said, I didn't know much about the Seahawks. Now, would my would I've like been through the roof if the Cowboys would have drafted him? Sure, because I know okay he's gonna be in town, mm-hmm. whatever. So when we when they told us, got to be in the lobby at four a.m. We're gonna fly you to Seattle, Ooh. four a.m. You know, I mean the draft went late. We got back to the hotel about eleven thirty, right? Everybody's in the in yeah. the lobby. The lobby is lit. I mean, oh, you had draft. The, the I mean, lowest hotel. It, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah, like good. just the talent that's there, the family that's there, the people who come, the family atmosphere. Everybody's there. It's a big celebration of these athletes and their accomplishments and where they're going. So 4 a.m. comes around. We're in the lobby. They fly us out to Seattle. Don't know much. You know, I, I've just <laughs> never been to the Pacific Northwest. When we get here, I was blown away. I was just blown away by the hospitality of the Seattle Seahawks, the level of professionality, you know, the kindness, right? I just, it really blew me away. And I was like, well, okay, maybe all teams are like that. I was shortly, shortly found out that all teams are not like this. (laughs) And um, the thing that impressed me the most was their mental health staff. Is that Mm -hmm. right, Mo Mm -hmm. Kelly? Like their ancillary staff, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, not not the guys that are going to be, help Jackson become a better wide receiver or, you know, a better football player. But in a sense, they are going to help them become a better football player because they deal with on the field, off the field things. They deal with mm-hmm. mental health. They deal with the stress of the game. Mm-hmm. They deal with just a lot of aspects of the game that, that is really needed. Mm-hmm. That really, I feel like if you have these if you have these people in place that are going to help you with your mental health, they're going to bring mm-hmm. your family around, they're going to pay for them to come, they're going to, they're going to include your circle – I think that makes you a better football player. Yeah, let, let, let me tell you something. Um, I played there a decade. And when I say that it takes a village to raise an NFL player, mm-hmm. it's going to take much more than Coach Carroll. It's going to take a Mo Kelly. It's going to take the training staff. It's going to take so many people investing into these young dudes coming in. Like, hey, I know, like, it's your rookie year. You're leaving home, coming on the scene. This is, it's going to be a transition. Right. But I'm telling you, they got the perfect people in that building to just elevate him, groom him, and make sure that he's good on the field, but more in particular off the field. So, he ain't, trust me, he in good hands. And, I, and I, I feel like it was right place, right time. You know, he went to the right place at the right time. Yeah. And um, like you said, 
uh, I met DK Metcalf. Yeah. You know, I just and I hear amazing things about Tyler Lockett. So that's what I want for my son. Yeah. Is I want my son to come in as a private. You know, he's going to be around some guys with stripes and let him learn the game. Let him mm-hmm. learn how to be a professional. Let him learn how to, you know, take care of his body, mm-hmm. take care of his business on and off the field. Mm-hmm. And and I really feel like he's not going to be just a captain of his own ship. He's yep. going to be on the ship. He's going to learn how to become a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right now, speaking of professional, this uh, so far, this is just way too professional. Let's pull back the curtains. When you met DK Metcalf, your thoughts? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who made this guy? Yeah. <laughs> let, me, like, let me see his 23 and me. <laughs> the genetics, like, where are you from? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how? <laughs> and that's... Six four two twenty, and you not an ounce receiver? of fat, not an ounce of fat on his body. It's like okay. Let me tell you what I got a problem with when it comes to parents. Oh, I feel like parents just be doing the most when it comes to their kids. Want to be in the spotlight? Want to do this? Want to come in town? Hey, we made it to the NFL. We are here. Please tell me you're going to keep it cool. I mean, I, you know, you got parents all up in the video. Please <laughs> <laughs> Dancing. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. That, that, that ain't no. me. That ain't me. I'm a and, background guy. And let me tell you, I, I, you are, I'm sure, a big part of his success. But when it comes to parents, I truly believe that sometimes less is more. Oh, yeah. As oh, athletes, we just need our parents to listen to us, mm-hmm. come to our game, support us. Mm-hmm. We don't need y'all all in the building, mm. just just calling the coaches. Why ain't my baby playing? Stay out the way, parents. <laughs> For real. From an athlete that did it, my mom and dad were perfect. Mm-hmm. Less is more. Mm-hmm. Stay out the way. Mm-hmm. Support your kids. Give them the practice. Pick them up. Don't be... You gonna keep it cool. I'm gonna keep it cool because he's a grown man. And I've always had that pause even when he was at Ohio State. I don't talk to coaches. My daddy never called no coach. <laughs> I had to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't as talented as my sons. So, you know, the days on the bench were tough. But, yeah. you know, you had to deal with it. And that's what made me a man. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to call a coach and ask, what, what, what am I going to say? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can't good. say anything good, from good. Dallas. Yeah, I'm not going to. So, yeah. so, so, KJ, first of all, I, I love that message. But I want to dig a little deeper into the parent. And now he has a first-round draft pick. Of course, he has a son in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. By the way, not very often do you sit and talk two, to somebody yeah. with two professionals as sons. Great job, mom and dad. Thank you. you know Thank I mean? you. Great job. Thank you. But I want to talk about this. Might I don't know. This might get a little too deep. KJ, sometimes is there kind of a switch? Is there sometimes a relationship change mm-hmm. that happens between parent and or son? I think he hit it on the head. He was like, my son is a grown man. He's no longer that little boy in high school and college. This man is transitioning to, I'm an adult. I'm on my own. And one day he's going to have some kids. One day he's going to get married. Mm -hmm. And the relationship, it naturally shifts. Mm -hmm. The relationship naturally shifts when a young man becomes an adult. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I went through with my dad. And, you know, you just have that moment. It's like, okay. I'm not that I'm not the little boy anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not that little boy anymore. And so it's gonna be a beautiful thing mm-hmm. when it when it does happen. Just know that, you know, 
as time goes on, like, man, yeah, you go see it right before your eyes. Absolutely. And my right my biggest thing is I just want my kids to come home. You know, I want to maintain a great relationship so where, you know, they feel comfortable with me. It's not for me. It's not about the money. I have a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I could use a loan, though, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I could use a loan. Go <laughs> put that out there. No interest? No, no please, it. no interest. <laughs> okay. I, I, but it's not, it's not about those things. All I want is to stay out the news. You yeah. talked about John Moran in the last segment. Stay out the news, bro. The news. Do what do what we taught you. We need longevity, yeah. you know, in this game. We we just I want you to be of good character. I just want you to be upstanding. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And everything else, if you don't get rookie of the year, cool. Yeah. You know, if you don't do that, cool. But just be a good person. Yeah. Respect women. You know, be kind. Yeah. Things like that. Was, was there a moment him growing up when you knew like this man gonna be special? This yeah. man gonna be special. It, it was, you know, and and but I'm this is this is my deal. Like I don't get like too hyped up because things can happen. Girls happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, life friends happens. Ha- life, life happens. Life, life, yeah. But it was when he was about the ninth grade. He went to Oklahoma camp uh, after a basketball. Uh, tournament that we went to in Florida and I just saw him at the camp I said bro you're wasting your time with basketball now basketball is great for Jackson because that's how he gets open because yeah. I, I said use your point guard uh-uh you know to to get him off balance but you're not you can't shoot bro, <laughs> <laughs> you know I, mean, bro? I mean you yeah. can play defense you can he can dish you just said dribble. Jackson can't shoot now you know can't guys shoot. in the locker room gonna see this he can't shoot. If he can't shoot, he can't shoot. He can't shoot. You're a football player. But he can play some defense, and he can dish. <laughs> he can dish. He can dish. He could dribble. So, so what was that moment? The moment was um, the Oklahoma camp when he was uh, going in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. When I saw, I was like, this guy. I, I told, I told my people, I'm like, I feel like he's like Derek Jeter. And I, and I, listen, man, I I'm not the one that ever beat my chest about my kids, bro. Because I understand the game, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, this this kid has something. He yeah. has something. Yeah. You know, so. Boom. Yeah. I, I, I love hearing that. So there's a lot of people that want to know what is Jackson like? Now, we know he's a great football player. We know about that. Let's dig a little deeper. Who is he? What's he like? What should we know about this young man? Jackson's a good dude. He has a great heart, okay? Um, I wish he would call, answer my call a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I talked about old, but see, this is what it is. My my older son is like my brother. Jackson's my son. You know what I mean? Explain that. Like, like Kanan, okay, so we grew up buttonheads, both Tauruses, you know what I'm saying? Beating our chest, yeah. you, right? And, and you'll see that. Like, we, you you know. So I see it with my three-year-old. Right. So <laughs> yeah. we are, and it's just involved into, man, I get you. And, and it's like, when Kanan left home at 18 years old, got drafted, and I'm on the phone with him, and he's like, Dad, I love you. I was like, what? <laughs> like, you what? Like, it was like, because I think he understood, I'm, I'm in Florida, I'm battling every day, mm-hmm. and everything that you told me was true. You never mm-hmm. lied to me. And and I know that you're gonna be there for me. So that's where our relationship grew. Our relationship didn't grow until he was about 18 years old, to where we're like very close. We talk every day. Um, and baseball is just a sport where you have to mm-hmm. definitely talk to your kid because you're there's ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you got to pull them through that. Jackson was. Kane always said Jackson's your favorite son. He's your favorite. <laughs> son. He's the youngest kid. Jackson liked. To, Jackson yeah. used to sing a lot. You know, he yeah. was like in chorale, the choir stuff. Happy-go-lucky, 
but then he changed. He changed. Not, not in a bad way. He just, he just kind of, I think he kind of like uh, became self-aware. Mm-hmm. Like, man, you know, I have these talents and then like there's people looking at me and, you know, I have to conduct myself and, and not everybody's my friend. You know what I mean? Like, I have to really kind of guard myself because I am a giving person. When you are a giving person and, and you're not mm-hmm. self-aware about that, then mm-hmm. people can use you up. Absolutely. And I think that Jackson Absolutely. became self-aware that, yeah, I do have a good heart, but I got to I gotta keep some stuff for myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can't be accessible to everybody. Can't do everything to everybody. But um, Jackson's a great kid. I think he's a coach's dream. He's going to do everything mm-hmm. he can to be available for his for his players, mm-hmm. for his teammates. Yeah. Now, what about the ball not coming his way? What do you mean? And he ain't getting the ball. Is he the one to go to the sideline and be like, "Hey, QB, what's up?" I, I, I can I can I can answer. What's that. up, QB? I can I can answer that about Jackson, and I hope. That if his family and friends hear what I'm gonna say, Especially I hope CJ Stroud. <laughs> I hope <laughs> I hope they can take this with love. I think one of the greatest assets that Jackson has is his ability to not get too hot or too cold. Mm. He's so even keel. It's almost like you might think that he doesn't care. He cares. He just doesn't show emotions like that. Mm -hmm. And I think if he doesn't get the ball, Mm -hmm. Jackson, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's a next play type dude. He He doesn't dwell. Right. He doesn't dwell Mm -hmm. on the play before. And the reason why he's always open, because he's not stuck on the last play. Mm -hmm. So he's like Tyler then. He's like Locke. Yep. Same dude. Same dude. It could be a game where he doesn't even look at Tyler. But four, third, fourth com, uh, quarter come, this may end up with 100, 100 plus yards. And that's what, when it comes to team dynamics, that ego. Mm, oh, yeah. Can't have it. I've seen, I personally lived through egos destroying locker rooms. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, why is this person getting this much attention? Mm-hmm. Why is this person getting the ball this much? Mm-hmm. Why are they getting interviewed? Mm-hmm. It crumbles. Right. It does. Football teams. It erodes them. I think that as far as Jackson in that in that regard, um, Jackson CJ Strider like this, and CJ would always be like, "Can you please tell your son to stop asking me for the ball?" You know what I'm saying? Like he won't do it on the field, but he'd be like, "Bro, you know, it feels like, bro, That's give the me the ball, give, hey, bro, come on, dog." And I remember one time at the Nebraska game, uh, Garrett Wilson was was injured, didn't play that game, so it was really Chris and, and Jackson. And um, after the game, CJ comes up to me and said, will you please tell Jackson, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I finally got him the ball like he wanted to. So mm-hmm. just tell him to back yeah. off a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But, then, you know, it was all in jest. It was all in fun. CJ Stroud, Houston Texans. Love him. How you think he going to be? CJ is the realest, bro. He is – CJ is a leader. You know CJ. I know you asked because you're trying to prompt me with that question. CJ is different, bro. You saw that when we got on Ohio State campus. He's so different. He's such a leader. He's such a student of the game. He doesn't get the credit he deserves, but that's okay. That's cool. No. And I hope he turns that franchise around. Gee, I saw a video of Bryce Young two days ago in a Carolina Panthers uniform. This man is tiny. Tiny G. I'm like, hold up. I know he was good at Alabama, Heisman Trophy. 
But dude, you about to have some 300 plus pound dudes put their bodies on you. Little. Yeah. And when we was going back, who should be the number one quarterback? And I said, Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. There's something about that physical presence that I think I may have been a little little off about. I mean, I, I get it. Look, the young man has excelled at every level. He was small when he was in eighth grade, excelled. Yeah. He was small when he was in high school, excelled. He was small in college, he excelled. Now, we're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see. But, 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 but you said it yourself. As somebody who made your living for 11 years in the NFL on defense, mm -hmm. you know what kind of force yes. comes with hitting a quarterback. When I hit a Cam Newton... I feel like Cam Newton was hitting me back. Wow. That's that's how strong Cam Newton was. His physical presence, tackling a Josh Allen, like them dudes, they absorb contact well. Mm -hmm. When you slang down a Johnny Manziel, when you slang down one of them little quarterbacks, it's like slanging a rag doll sometimes. Yeah. I gotta just take my strength and put four, and I'm a linebacker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't imagine an Aaron Donald taking again a clean shot. Mm. <laughs> I, Come on. Well, Mata, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Know that uh, Jackson me. is in good hands. Fantastic organization he came to. So, I'll see you at some games, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Loudest stadium in the NFL. So. I can't wait. That's what everybody says. I, like yeah. I said, I don't know much, but I am. Yeah. It's going to be fun, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can, you, uh, can you give me a pair of boots? I will. I will do that. I will do that. I will. I will because. You're going to. I mean, are those boots expensive enough where you got to ask your son for a loan? I, I need a loan anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let me throw that out there. I need a loan anyway, but we can, yeah, I can, I, I can handle that. Yeah. I can handle that. All right. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you.